The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Intel scrapping this $5.4 billion deal with Tower Semi today after failing to get some regulatory approvals in time. Christina Partzinevelos here at Post 9 today. Talk about uh, the deal and what it means for the foundry business. Well, it was a long 18 months, Intel waiting patiently and now mutually, quote in quotations, mutually agreeing with Israeli foundry Tower Semiconductor to terminate its plans to acquire Tower. But this failed deal is just really about China's regulatory uh, body refusing to play ball amid rising tensions with the United States. So Intel derives roughly a quarter or a little bit over a quarter of its revenues from China. In other words, a strong presence in the country means regulators have the right to review any mergers of companies that earn a certain amount of revenue in China. So that's the reason why they uh, they were able to slow down this deal. And that's why you're seeing Tower Semi shares on your screen down about eight and a half percent. Intel, uh, a little bit more of a less negative reaction, down about two percent. But overall, China is not happy with the American-led set of international restrictions on the sale of advanced computer chips. This failed acquisition is a way for China to fight back. They did so with Micron, uh, blocking Micron chips. And it does set a precedence for any other American firms that derive revenues from China and are looking at any other type of M&A activity. But this also disappoints prospects for Intel's foundry business. Tower Semi is small, you know, less than $2 billion in revenue and really roughly covers about 1% of foundry revenues. You can see on your screen. And when you put into context with uh, Taiwan Semi, that takes up about 58%, Samsung 8%. Intel isn't even on that pie chart that you're seeing. And that's the problem right now. So losing the Tower deal wouldn't necessarily move the deal massively for or move the needle, I should say, for Intel, but would have Intel would have given more expertise in the foundry business as well as uh, more exposure to radio frequency chips as well as the auto sectors as well. And these are areas that Intel is, you know, trying to grow. Right. I was just looking at the Mizuho desk. Does this deal even matter breaking up? Because... Uh, no one I speak to owns it for the foundry I business. did read that yeah. line, yeah. and it stood out to me on the subway ride when I was coming here. <laughs> and that's the problem. They haven't really built out their foundry business, but that's what Pat Gelsinger is really hoping on. I interviewed him about two weeks ago. We were talking about the Chips Act. But he specifically, when I asked him about AI, their business model right now is they may not be making the most advanced AI chips, but they want to manufacture them for other companies, much like TSMC does, so they can be part of uh, that capital expenditure that's coming. So they're able to monetize the huge rush of funds that are going into uh, AI capabilities. So that's their argument. Will they get the four, five nodes in four years, which really just means different size chips within uh, four years? It gets a little complicated when you talk about all the nanometers and stuff like that. But the trajectory seems pretty good. They've signed up Synopsys, MediaTek. They have a, a, a few other uh, companies on board. So also makes you wonder if any semiconductor deal can get done in this geopolitical environment. Well, uh, any that may involve any type of revenues or any exposure to China, yes. yes. That's 100%. And then I wonder, will other countries start copying what China's doing right now to thwart America's push towards mm-hmm. building here in the United States? It's, good. Yeah. it's a good book. They're on the front lines, the semis. Thank you, Christina. Christina Partzinevelis. 
Intel hitting a snag and its plans to enter a faster growing part of the semiconductor industry. The foundry business after scrapping a deal with Israeli chipmaker Tower Semiconductors. Christina Partzanevlis has the details in today's Tech Check. What happened? Well, let's just say Intel had to wait 18 long months, patiently, patiently. And now it's mutually, and I'm using mutually in quotations because that's what they said they agreed, with Israeli foundry Tower Semiconductor to terminate its plans to acquire Tower. But this failed deal is really about China's regulators refusing to play ball amid rising tensions with the United States. Intel derives over a quarter of its revenues from China. In other words, it has a strong presence in the country, employing over 12,000 people. Regulators have the right to review any merger of companies like Intel that earn a certain amount of revenue in China, much like we have here in the United States. And that's why you're seeing Tower Semi shares what, tanking down almost 11%, Intel down 2.5%, not as bad as of a reaction. But overall, China, we know this, we talked about it, is not happy with the American-led set of international restrictions on the sale of advanced computer chips. This failed acquisition is just a way for China to fight back, just like it did by blocking the sale of Micron chips to certain Chinese infrastructure products back in May. Today's block deals sets a precedence for any other American firm that derives revenue from China and wants to get involved with any type of M&A activity. This also disappoints prospects for Intel's foundry business. Tower Semi is small, less than $2 billion in revenue, and it has 1% of the market share for total foundry revenues. You're seeing on your screen there that 1% just on the top left. Taiwan Semi on the right side for context takes up 58%, Samsung 8%. Intel isn't even on that pie chart yet, and that's the problem. Losing the Tower Semi deal would not move the deal massively, according to analysts on the street, but would have given Intel some more expertise in running a foundry and as well lagging nodes, which is just really chips used in, let's say, uh, the auto sector, for example. And so now Intel is cross, caught in the crosshairs between the United States and China and really just has a $353 million breakup fee. Why did the deal fall apart? What, what happened? Well, it's because of regulators. Because of regulators. Yeah, Chinese regulators. They, they kept uh, delaying it, delaying it, and then 18 months later they did... They decided, both companies decided they were mutually going to agree to just kill the yeah. deal. Because there's no point in waiting and putting all this money in there. So Intel's Waiting for approval from the Chinese precisely, who, are, who are not on a good foot with yeah. the U.S. right so, now. So if Intel doesn't get this business and they still need to figure out how to get into the foundry business, what else are they going to do? Intel is already getting into the foundry business. They have this whole model uh, that they're calling the Intel Foundry uh, System IFS. Okay. And they have signed on uh, clients like MediaTek, Synopsis, which the earnings are out after the bell today. Uh, a few others. And so that is where Intel wants to move for going forward. Two weeks ago, I interviewed uh, Pat Gelsinger, the CEO, and he talked about AI and how Intel can capitalize on this massive push to spend on AI by building and creating the tri- chips that uh, are going to be needed. So they may not be designing it and, and they're not going to be like the likes of NVIDIA, but they will contract them out much like TSMC does. And so that's what Intel wants to do. They are putting a lot of effort into this business uh, for the goal of five new chips in the next four years, which is a lofty goal. And it seems like they're on the path, but we know Intel has failed in the past. So there's a lot of skeptics out there uh, that may be a little bit more reluctant uh, to say that this is a win or a, a loss or like why even own Intel. That's what Mizuho said. Who owns yeah. Intel? Yeah. Christina, thank you. Your business moves fast. Like uploading a big presentation right before the meeting, processing multiple orders at the same time, trading files back and forth fast. So sort of fast internet just won't cut it. That's why more customers choose Comcast Business. And now we're introducing our fastest internet plans yet. It's ultimate speed for business. We're up to 12 times faster than Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile 5G business internet. Plus, 
Existing Comcast business customers could even get up to triple the speeds at no additional cost on our most popular plans. And it's all from the company with 99.9% network reliability and advanced cybersecurity. So you're not just getting super fast business internet, you're getting a network you can trust. It's ultimate speed for ultimate business. From Comcast Business, powering possibilities. Compares Comcast Business 1.25 gig to competitors 100 megabits per second 5G internet. Three times speed for essentials and standard internet customers.